podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning your podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pity Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Yeah, welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. This is your host, Ryan. Joined this week once again is Seth. Howdy, y'all. And this week we're joined with new guest, Devin. Say hello, Devin. How's it going, you guys? Um, why don't give us a little bit about yourself since you're brand new to this. Just tell us a little bit about you. Uh, my name's Devin. Uh, pretty much I heard from uh, Seth about you guys doing a podcast and you know, he told me that there was room for one more, and I got excited about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so like we do every week, uh, before we get into the review, which I will talk about here in a second, let's just go around the room, talk about what we've been watching, what we're interested in seeing. Start with uh, Seth. Uh, let's see here. I watched um, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, it was what it was. I mean, I had to I've see heard it. mixed reviews on that one. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch it again. Um Let's see here. Uh, Space Odyssey. That was long and interesting. It's a very long movie. It's, Kubrick can get a little long-winded it's, in his movies. Yeah, it's definitely a work of art in its own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to say the least. Um, shit, I can't think of anything. Uh, oh, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie, man. It was, it was, was that the first time you'd seen it? Yeah, or first? No, legit, the first time I'd ever seen it. And uh, that was that was really cool. I mean, yeah, it's I love the concept of a dream demon, so mm-hmm. to speak. And later on in the series, they legitimately call him a dream demon. But <laughs> nice. um, I'm into it. Have you did you see the remake by chance? Um, I actually that was the first time I've sat down and watched like one of those movies okay. from start to finish. I think they made a wise <laughs> choice in the 80s version to nix the child molestation aspect of Freddy oh, mm-hmm. because in the eighties there were, there was fucking toys centered towards children to buy like dolls that fr- talking Freddy dolls that kids would fucking buy. And I just think it'd be a little tacky having kids buy a child molester doll. <laughs> <laughs> I think they made a wise choice with yeah, that. Yeah. Especially if they like, you know, got him a van. Oh Jesus. Oh, that Freddy's just bad. mobbing through nightmares <laughs> in a van, van, big white van. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Uncle Freddy's in town, guys. <laughs> that they, they that is good. terrible. Mm-hmm. So, did you, did you see anything? Uh, recently, I've not. I mean, I watched Deadpool one and two the other day. Always then, fun watches. And then uh, the day before that, I binge watched uh, what John Wick. Oh yeah, one, okay. two, and three. Fuck yeah, that's a good that's yeah. a good binge, bro. That's that's a good one. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to chapter four to see what they do with that. Same. And I think it's going to be fucking killer because yeah. I hated Keanu Reeves for so fucking long. Oh, he's the I, one. I was happy that he finally made a film franchise that I can respect him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. I, you like Bill and Ted? I have not seen. Oh, Bill and Ted is fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I also saw movies like Matrix Reloaded, Matrix resurrection 47 ronin where he's walking around like a geisha bitch all oh yeah, god there was, was another movie he he made i i i think it's called siberia and it, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bad mm-hmm. yeah. it just it was not good <laughs> he was <laughs> just making really poor film selection choices <laughs> yeah I, the movies were terrible. I'm assuming the script was good that's why he took it but then <laughs> i th- i think that the director just started cut like yeah. you know imp- like important stuff out yeah or just execution altogether yeah you know, it could have been a series of things yeah maybe like on paper it looked good but then when it came out they're like fuck this sucks dick what do we do <laughs> i don't know just cut it and release it okay <laughs> yeah so i went back and rewatched the rest of the ghoulies franchise yeah. because i went back and rewatched the first one last week i'm like mm-hmm. yeah might as well watch two three and four because if you've never seen those movies those are goofy as fuck I went uh, searching for it on Plex yesterday, and I didn't see it. So. I don't think we have it on Plex yet. Yeah, but I can probably get it up there. What what platform did you watch it on? Case I watched it on my Aston Cine. Oh, type. Yeah. Yeah. If Plex doesn't have it, that's my backup go-to. Multiple resources, homie. Watch the new uh, Gabriel Iglesias special on Netflix because mm-hmm. I just love that guy, and that was a very interesting stand-up special. Ooh. It, it was good though. It was good. Okay. Just a little more political than he normally is. That's. <laughs> I feel like it's a common theme right now in the comedy world. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it though. Um, so, as I mentioned in the last review, this is take two on trying to record 2022's Hellraiser. So hopefully, and I'm looking at my computer right now, so everything seems to be recording, which is a plus as opposed to what happened last fucking time. So let's go ahead, take a quick listen, give a synopsis, and we'll get right into it. Solve it. Do I get a prize? I do. What's your deal? It has six sides, six configurations. It opens up, and it cuts you. And then 
they come to collect? Serena Meneker, a lawyer for hedonistic millionaire Roland Voigt, arrives in Serbia to procure a rare object from the enigmatic Lorenz. During a lavish orgy at Voigt's mansion in Berkshire, sex worker Joey speaks with Meneker, who tells him to wait in another room. Joey then comes across a metal puzzle box and Voigt, who insists he solve it to claim a prize. After Joey is stabbed in the hand by a blade triggered by solving the configuration, the box opens a portal to hell from which ch chains fly out and hook into him, suspending him in midair as Voigt demands an audience with Leviathan. Six years later, Riley, a recovering drug addict, is living with her brother Matt, his boyfriend Colin, and their roommate Norma. Riley's boyfriend, Trevor, convinces her to help him break into an abandoned storage warehouse from which Riley reluctantly steals the puzzle box at Trevor's instruction. Returning home late, Riley gets into an argument with Matt, who assumes she is relapsing and forces her to leave the apartment. Upset, Riley goes to an empty park there. She solves the puzzle box, but avoids being cut by the blade. The Cenobites, a group of deformed humanoids, appear to Riley and demand she choose another to pass the box on to. Feeling guilty about their argument, Matt heads to the playground where he finds Riley blacked out. He tries to wake her up. Matt inadvertently cuts himself on the box before he goes into a public restroom to clean his wound. Riley notices the box changing shape before she hears Matt screaming, finding him missing upon entering the restroom. Believing the box caused Matt's disappearance, Riley and Trevor track down Meneker. Meneker, who hid the box away in atonement for her role in the lives Voigt sacrificed after he disappeared, realizes that Riley solved the box and tries to take it from her but she is cut by the blade in the process. After Riley and Trevor leave, Meneker is taken by the Cenobites. Riley then visits Voigt's mansion, finding his journals about the box and learning that it has multiple configurations, each of which require a victim to be marked by the box blades so the Cenobites can claim them. On completion, the box allows its holder to receive a boon from Leviathan an entity that rules over the Cenobite's home dimension. Riley sees an apparition of Matt, but is horrified to discover he has been flayed by the Cenobites. Trevor, Colin, and Nora arrive to take Riley home. While Riley explains to Colin that what she had found, Nora activates a switch that opens a secret tunnel. Trevor inadvertently shuts the entrance, trapping Nora, someone who is later revealed to be the still-living but mutilated Voigt, appears and stabs Nora with the box. 
The group attempt to escape the mansion in Trevor's van, but Nora is taken by the Cenobites. Their leader, the priest, taunts Nora, then flays her. Trevor and Colin crash their van, and Riley sees a reflection of Nora in the rearview mirror, leaving the wreck. Riley encounters the priest, who commands Riley to finish the last two configurations of the puzzle and either sacrifice herself or two others to do so. Riley, Colin, and Trevor attempt to make their way back to the mansion, hoping to use Riley's car to escape, but they are chased by the Cenobites. Trevor is injured by one of the Cenobites, the Chatterer, but Riley solves the next configuration and stabs the Chatterer, marking it as the next victim. Riley, Trevor, and Colin escape into the mansion, realizing that there are still doors designed to lock the Cenobites out. As Riley and Colin leave Trevor in the room to rest, Voight sneaks in to talk to Trevor. It is revealed that Trevor has been working for Voight and intended to have Riley sacrificed. Riley and Colin plan to lure another Cenobite inside the mansion to become the last sacrifice. Riley successfully lures one into the mansion, but drops the box in the process. Colin tries to find it before Voight stabs him. Voight reveals that he sought new, pleasurable sensations after completing all of his sacrifices, and his reward was a contraption attached to him to twist his nerve endings, leaving him in constant pain. Instead, his aim is to be free of this gift. He completes the final configuration and traps the Cenobites inside the mansion, separate from himself and the others. Riley escapes, retrieves the box, and unlocks the still doors, inadvertently letting one of the Cenobites, the Gasp, corner Colin. The Gasp tortures Colin until Riley demands they stop. Riley stabs Trevor with the box, marking him as the final sacrifice. Voight convinces the priest to grant him a different reward. The priest tell him, tells him that Voight that he would be given power. Voight is released from his contraption and momentarily healed before a large chain crashes through through the ceiling and impels him, taking him to hell. Riley approaches the Cenobites with the box, and the priest offers her a choice of rewards. Tempted by the priest into resurrecting Matt, Riley refuses upon realizing the Cenobites' rewards are always twisted. The priest tells her that she will instead live with the guilt of the blood spilt. The box reverts to its original state, and the Cenobites disappear. As Riley and Colin leave the mansion, Colin asks her if she made the right choice. Riley remains silent. In hell, Voight awakens nude and hairless, held in place on an altar, where he undergoes a brutal transformation into a new set of bite as credits roll. So let's just go around the room and give our overall <laughs> thoughts on the film. We'll start with Seth. <clears throat> I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I've watched it a couple times now because uh, we've had to do this a few times. It's, <laughs> it's like well, it happens. It happens. And honestly, I wasn't bummed out that we were going to, you know, I was like, yeah, let's totally watch it again. Um, it's just because I've enjoyed every single time I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, not really too much, too many things I would bitch about. Um, I mean, you know, some of the characters with their Franklin energy and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah. There was definitely some moments of Franklinism in there. Yeah. hundred <laughs> Yeah, it was it was in there fluidly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, I'm eager to hear everybody else's kind of feedback. No, this was your first time watching it, right? Uh, it was my first time watching it all the way through. Okay. First time I watched it about midway mm. and, uh, me actually finishing it. Uh, I actually thought it was really good. Yeah. I've never seen the original Hellraisers, but I've seen like little, you know, snippets of it. Mm. 
But actually watching this one was actually really good. Hell yeah. What I think is good about this one is you actually don't have to have seen any of the previous ones yeah. to really understand what's going on. Yeah. Because this movie literally lays it all out. And like in the original one, there's not multiple configure like there's you don't even see a second configuration until I think it was in Hellbound is when you see the Leviathan configuration. Oh. But those are literally the only two configurations in the entire hellraiser original run uh but that's just the films though because i think it was from like the comic book or like the short story it or was something. yeah i have not still have not read clive barker's a hellbound heart mm -hmm. um i am intrigued to yeah. to see how similar this take is because i know that they went way different with the original movies yeah i know they went their own direction on that i think um I don't remember if the alter like the different stages or the, the different formations come from the comics or if they come from the story itself. Yeah, that I'm really not sure. I never really read the Hellraiser comics when they mm. came out. So I really don't fucking know. Because if they did take elements of that shit and then put it into the movie, that might like explain or justify some of the severe you know, severe differences than than the first than the original. Yeah, I, th I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I think I said it the first time we tried recording this, and I'll say it again: the only issue I have with this movie is horror movies need to be around the ninety to a hundred minute mark. Yeah, not the two hour mark. It's too much for a damn slasher movie. <laughs> Way too fucking much. What did you think of the look of the film? Uh, I thought it was actually pretty good. The the way they did all the makeup and everything, you know. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was actually really good. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think they did a really good job with the, like, especially the new design of the Cenobites. It was like the original was very BDSM, which was popular in the 80s, but now it's just so fucking mainstream. Oh, yeah, because uh, they have a bunch of leather. They're just wearing all mm -hmm. leather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. felt like yeah. very sexual. Yeah, it did. So yeah. I like the fact that they use that they're actually not wearing clothing in this one. Their outfits are their mutilated flesh and how they've been yeah. flayed and everything like that. So I think that was a really interesting and probably a really smart decision to go that route because it separates itself completely from the original. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While still being similar at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And of course, yeah. you have iconic Chatterer come back. And I just love Chatterer. <laughs> I was surprised that they sacrificed his ass, but was, I would, would have liked to see more Chatterer in the future. He took it like a king. He was always one of my favorite Cenobites. Yeah, I, I liked how he just stepped back and just took it. He's <laughs> yes, like, this, he after, this is my yeah, destiny. Like, like after he gets stabbed, he's like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's like, huh, well, that just happened. <laughs> he just sat there and just took it like a man. Yeah, that explosion was very um, enjoyable. It, like I said, I think I uh, mentioned it in the previous attempted recording of this. I was really surprised to find out that the actress that plays uh, the priest Pinhead, I didn't realize she was a trans actress. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not realize that hmm. at all. And I think it's kind of fitting for the character because in the original story, Cenobites really didn't have a sex. They were kind of androgynous. It's true. It's, it's, they don't really have genitals. I mean, when you look at the new one, they're all mutilated, so they're not yeah. really. And anything. even when like Voight at the very end is getting 
turned into a Cenobite. Or an angel. His gen- or, literally, he's a Ken doll down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hands in. The pants. Um, and I think I read this the last time I'll read it again. I think the biggest seal of approval for this film is Doug Bradley, who played the original Pinhead, took to Twitter and had this to say. I'm a bit blown away by this. The clever redesign of the makeup, the shininess of the pinheads, the palette, whatever that tracheotomy thing was in her throat. It's simple, subtle, disturbing, and sexy. Everything it should be. Peace and pain, Doug Bradley. So the fact that the original pinhead is giving this movie his blessing on the look, the actor, the the look of the Cenobites, and the story and everything like that, I think that actually says a lot. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Because he's, he played fucking Pinhead in for eight fucking movies. Oh, shit. Yeah, he, okay. he was the longest tenured Pinhead. It wasn't until Revelations where they started hiring different actors to play it, and it just didn't fucking work. So I'm happy to see that they got one that worked. He gave the pin of approval. <laughs> right. <literally>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if they're gonna revive this this you know like a series of movies, I really hope that they like make it kind of how they made it this time, you know, right. kind of proceed with that because mm-hmm. I, I I I feel like just the movie all around was actually good. Oh yeah. I oh yeah. That. It was very well well rounded, well thought out, not overly complicated to a point. There are parts in this movie I think that drag a little bit, mm. but that's to be expected in movies. They're they're not all going to be fast paced to the point here, get from point A to point B to point C. Yeah. You are going to have some drag and lag. It was filmed beautifully too. And oh yeah. The cinematography in this is amazing. And the special effects, I feel like they did get to tap back into like the old school. Like it looked like they had some like um, things that were like melt, like uh, filmed in reverse and stuff like when, when he, uh, God, what's his fucking name? The asshole guy that this Voight. Voight. Yeah. Voight, so when yeah. voices, when Voight's guts and shit are like going back into him after he spits out all that uh, steampunk shit or whatever, just comes out of him, and then you just see it like kind of come back together. It looks like it was like filmed all close and like super graphic detail. Like back in the day, that felt like to me it was almost like a shout out to the old school. Yeah. Like full way of doing it. instead of just doing like full on like modern day special effects, there was like let's put in that extra yeah. touch. I thought it was tight. So. So this movie pretty much opens up in Serbia, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, everything, <laughs> everything bad comes come back from, to Serbia. <laughs> everything bad comes where from there. Where Menneker is pre- uh, purchasing a box, and I like how they try to keep it secretive, like what's in the box, what's in the box. Anybody who's watching this movie knows what the fuck is in that box. Yeah. Um, I think the, act- the actor they got, the guy who was giving her the box, I think he was the worst part. In yeah. this opening scene, because the lady that played Menneker, for as little as she's in, she is in the film, she gives a damn good performance for as little as she has to do. Yeah. And like when we get to the mansion in the next scene, you could tell that she's hesitant about sending Joey into the room where the puzzle is because he she knows that it's going to intrigue him and that's what Roland wants. You can tell that she's fighting guilt. Guilt. Yeah. And that's yeah. yeah. And it definitely comes through in her tone and it definitely in her expression. And I also think some a little bit of cougarish <laughs> vibes kind of leaked out there. 
Oh yeah, she was getting yeah. sloshy. <laughs> you gotta, you really gotta drink away the terrors when you start, you know, sacrificing humans to this demon god shit. Yeah. Box. Uh, this is one thing I didn't catch actually until this viewing, when he gets the box and completes the configuration and gets stabbed. This time, the knife come, the blade comes out the side and goes through his hand. Later, when we get to that same configuration again, and Riley solves it, it comes out of the side vertically. So every single one, it appears to come from the exact same point. Why did this one change at the beginning? Maybe it learned because like, you know. It, it sensed the position of his hand. Riley, <laughs> Riley fucked it once, and it's like, oh, I see what you're doing here. I'm not going to let that happen again. So now it's, it's you know, it, is it... Is it a fucking being, this box, right? Mm. Well, I guess in the matter of speaking, it is kind of alive because after you do it, it does sol- go into the next configuration mm-hmm. all by itself. Correct. So I was trying to think, I mean, when you're going with that steampunk shit or whatever, because I was like, look, if it's if it's like a machine, then it automatically does these mm-hmm. things based off of these processes and shit. But then it also absorbs and sucks in all the blood and then, then returns it to the gods afterwards. I love that neat. sequence at the end where the blood's going, going up, up the fucking yeah up the. Did you like that? Yeah, yeah, I did. The the uh, sequence of it, I mean, I I was telling you this earlier is that if it stabs you through the hand, if you just leave it in there, like would it still like would the sunbite still take you? Yeah, you know, because every time it gets pulled out, then it starts to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a very valid question. Does it require spilling blood? In order for it to move on to the next sequence and take your ass to hell, essentially. Yeah. And what what uh, what I was telling you earlier is like, let's say it stabs you through the hand, you're holding onto it. What if you cut off your arm, and that piece is still attached to it? Like, do do they still come get you? I've I've got a lot of questions. No, I think that's <laughs> fair. I, you know, if you're gonna fuck with demons, do it right. You know, I'm just like, hey, look, I didn't sign anything here. What had like terms and agreements? It was pretty vague. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm gonna do everything I can to try to fuck you guys over. Yeah. I- don't disagree with that. And I love after this scene where Void is setting up the Leviathan configuration to have his audience with Leviathan. Just out of focus in the background, you see Joey being fucking strung up. And this, yeah, I, I like the fact that they didn't put that shot in 100% focus. It's kind yeah. of blurry in the background because you know what's going to happen to that guy. <laughs> Dude, his screams were were so pure. Uh, that right. terror you could hear the agony in his voice like that acting for that was i thought was like added so much to it yeah i agree with that That sound effects just coming in clunking right into like that dude was in pain with uh was it riley's brother matt like i wish they would have shown more of him mm. you no know, for how like he got stabbed in the hand and then they took him in the bathroom but we didn't get to see it we just heard his screams yeah i wish they would have shown a little bit more on that yeah oh, i don't disagree with that yeah i, I do not disagree with that Considering how much of a main point, like that's a reason that she was going or leaving it mysterious was better for the mm-hmm. viewers, you think. Because, um, you know, and being able to see his, his what did she say? His ending was exquisite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think we would have liked to have seen that ending, right? Yeah. But I like the old expression. I think it was Alfred Hitchcock. As I'm a gorehound. Mm. You know I'm a gorehound. I love the shit. But sometimes in a movie like this, it's what you don't see. That is more terrifying. Yeah. You that don't know yeah. what, like, it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When you're watching that movie, everyone thinks it's the most violent thing in the world. 
because your brain is telling you it is mm. your brain is telling you you're seeing shit that's not there because when we went back and rewatched it as you saw there's really not that much killing on screen you see no blood aside from what's on sally at the end of the movie it's what you don't see that's more terrifying and what is implied will make you see shit that you don't actually see that makes it a good movie yeah just leaving it up to your um, imagination mm-hmm. pretty much yeah, yeah. Because every child knows if I make something and show you how terrifying it is, what you come up with in your own head is going to be 10 times more terrifying. And I like the fact, like with Matt, you just heard his scream and you knew what the hell was going on without having to see it. Yeah. But we do get some fan service later with some of the other victims that get taken out. So at least they do fan service it up for the people because the original ones were pretty graphic. Yeah. (laughs) Especially for the times timeline that they came out. I would have to say too, like this is, this would have to be the worst way to go because you can't fight it. No, there's no running. Like I, with like everyone else, like the chainsaw Texas massacre, Mm -hmm. that one, like you could at least try to run, you know, you try to get away. But with this, there's, there's no getting away. Yeah. Once, once you're stabbed, you're marked, you're gonzo. You're gonzo. Unless you know to stab someone else with it, then they'll take them. But right. other than that, like, yeah, you get stabbed in the hand. Your instant reaction is to pull it out and then go wash it or something. And yeah. by then, you're already getting dizzy. But if you know what's going to happen, like, for example, what was the name of the helper lady? The girl, the... Serena, I think. Serena Meneker. Okay, yeah. so Serena, I actually liked her character a lot. I thought yeah. she did badass as fuck. Um, very mysterious, very, like, totally involved. Um, the fear and terror in her eyes when she even starts talking about like the configuration has changed and shit. You can just see here like this little fucking box is so menacing and I love that just in itself. Um, but um, I fucking had a tangent and I was going with it and I forgot. That happens sometimes. Yeah. That happens sometimes. I mean with because with, um, uh, Serena knew what was going to happen. I'm wondering like if you kill yourself before yes. they take you like when that I I'd rather do that. Let's yeah, say they were yeah. taking me. I knew what was about to happen. I'd want to go out my own way instead of being tortured. Right. Like so they're just ripping that, your skin off. That's exactly. Thank you for yeah. You're you're on point. That's exactly where I was going. Is because once she knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I I would if I was her, I would either just like to, used it to like st- like maybe slip my own throat or like kill myself to see do you escape the demons once they've like spilled your blood. Maybe she what wanted that to happen. Once maybe- that thing collects your blood, it owns you. No matter, like, you can't just kill yourself. Well, what if she actually thought about that? What if she, you know, all the shame and guilt that she put on those people, mm. that she knew what was going to happen, and she just kind of accepted it? I was kind of w- thinking that same thing myself. Mm. It, like, this was her penance for her. Okay, I earned this. Yeah, her, yeah. And her help in what Voight did six years prior. Yeah. I wonder what he had on her. Because it felt like money was how he owned the asshole boyfriend guy. But oh, I yeah. what where she, like her story? How come she's having he owns her? Yeah, because I'll, like she was his personal lawyer, helped with the estate and everything like that. But how he got her to play a role in his sacrifices, I don't know, and I don't think we'll ever know. Yeah, it's true. Since she's already gone, unless they do like a backstory on like the next movie or something. But. Yeah, and I liked. Uh, the fact that the main character of Riley, that they made her like a recovering addict. Um, Cause I think that's what really worked when they remade the evil dead movie. Mm. 
it was kind of the same idea. She was an addict and they're going to the cabin to dry her out and detox her and all this shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's a good catalyst for a horror film mm-hmm. because especially for a film like this, which is about demons, when you're an addict, you have your own personal demons. Oh yeah. So I think it's an interesting co- uh, connection to the two. See, and I think that when she's on the little uh, merry-go-round thingy and the drill, the pills like kick Starting in or whatever. In, yeah. So I think it would have been funny if like, what if she OD'd and all the rest of the movie was just like, what happened after she od like she's in hell and she's experiencing all this and it never really happened they just find her like we go through the whole entire movie and see everything that happens and then they just find her on the the wheel just yeah. dead just foaming and we've yeah. just been watching the od experience <laughs> that oh, would have been a fuck you right that would have been the worst od ever <laughs> i uh, definitely called it on trevor at the end oh uh, yeah you being a douche that writing on yeah. the wall was fucking yeah because yeah, because <laughs> the whole time he didn't want to touch it like, yeah, he let everyone else touch it, but he would not touch it. You know what? You got a good point there. He really did make a point to be like, we shouldn't be doing this. Let's call the cops. Like, you know, he didn't want like it, right. Even though he's the guy that completely set everything up, and he's up. the one that fucking convinced her mm-hmm. to go help him steal but, it. Yeah, and so and when he did his convincing, it was very subtle but so powerful that she did it because he didn't really have to keep encouraging her to do shit because he knew she was going to do it on her own. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was like, we shouldn't like. He, I feel like he did try to make a point to be like, we really fucking shouldn't be. Doing yeah, and then yeah, she handed him try to hand him the box. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I don't, I don't no. want to touch it. Yeah. So like, yeah, you believe me. He's like, I know exactly what the fuck that thing does because he yeah. knew exactly what what was going on. Yeah, he saw Mister Mechanical Chess shit. And, yeah, you know, he's like, you want some money? He's like, yeah. He's like, I need sacrifices, dude. He's like, oh, I'm yeah. gonna go pick up chicks at fucking AA. Yeah, that was definitely one of the twists. One of those twists that was not covered very well. You could see that plain as day from get go on that one. Mm. I do think Trevor deserved what happened at the very end. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because uh, everything he did up until that point, you know, that I feel like that was just justified. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, yeah. And I, getting to watch her stab that motherfucker in there was very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And I just, and that is a like from the first time you see that thing, that thing can get fucking enormous because that's a the Leviathan configuration. That thing's fucking huge. Yeah. Like what well, is a good foot and a half. <laughs> like a Zeus scepter or some shit. And I like the fact that she doesn't even think twice about it and just sticks it right into him. And he's trying to convince her, just let Colin die. Just let Colin die. Like, you really think that's going to fucking happen? <laughs> I think that also every formation of it looked pretty cool. Um, it, yeah, it looked vicious in almost every form, and that little fucking blade that comes out too, that thing is gnarly. gnarly. It looks like you just look at it; and it looks like hate. That's, you know what I mean? But that, when like Voight fucking sticks Holland, yeah, and rips him a like good like abdomen. seven inches yeah. up his abdomen, yeah, that motherfucker would be long dead before mm-hmm. the centibites got to him. He would have bled out. Like I said, his guts might have started falling out. Mm-hmm. Because that was a nasty fucking gash. That so part of me thinks that when that because you know how they start getting all dizzy and kind of getting all fucked up, like maybe it, 
like maybe it kind of heals their wounds or keeps them alive long enough for them to or maybe that's just how it works is the moment you're stabbed it sucks in your blood now you're slowly dying because as, as when we saw that one scene where like the vision uh what was the roommate's name the roommate that when she was dying oh nora of, nora you could kind of slowly see it like blacking out or whatever mm -hmm. that's that's we're watching her point of view of them cross over to this hell dimension or whatever but they're still um but they're still like somewhat attached to this realm as well our dimension mm -hmm. um and i like the fact that riley's the only one that can see what's happening through the reflection in the rearview mirror right and the fact that Pinhead and her lock eyes. Yeah. It's a very subtle moment, but you could tell it fucking happens. And then Shatterer just fucking <laughs> flays the hell out of Nora. I, and she magically disappears from the from the van. <laughs> I actually feel bad for Nora because I feel like she was just following her friends or I guess her roommates and then just dies. Yeah. Just because she got stabbed with it. Like she, she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. They're like, she was kind of late on her rent all the time anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing I'll say with the writing on this. Some of the ways they get for, to the sacrifices is a little forced. Mm. A, a lot forced, actually, especially having fucking Voices straight up stab her in the back. And I, I do like the reveal, though, when she says, my back hurts, my back hurts, and they roll her over, and the box is just sticking right there, <laughs> yeah. dead center in the fucking back. I mean, for for me, if I'm in, like, a mansion that's abandoned and I'm hitting switches and a door opens from the wall, Why would you I'm, I'm not going to walk in there. Yeah. Right. Ooh, this could be fun. Yeah. Nothing bad could possibly happen behind these walls. Right? This big, creepy house. I'm fucking with switches. Oh, with this creepy-ass alleyway? Well, they, yeah, I need to go there. Both fucking girls are just switch, switch, flip, 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 flip. Like, Jesus Christ. I don't go into other people's houses just randomly flipping switches. What is this And, what is this and then Trevor, when Trevor was trying to help uh, Nora, he was hitting switches. Like, he would just flip all of them all at the same he time. Knew. Like, yeah. just do it. Yeah. But he's just doing random ones. Like, you, you know which one it is. Yeah. He oh, knows. he had to have known. Yeah. I think being in that uh, that that crawl space too, then hearing the music turn on, mm -hmm. I, I would have been like, I am fucked right now. You know, like there's this creepy ass like classical music going on, like just right on the other side of the wall. I'm trapped behind here. It's fucking dark as shit. Something real bad's about to happen to me. I would be panicking a little yeah. bit. I'd be like, cameraman, how about you get stabbed first? I'll watch you get stabbed. And maybe there's a chance for me to survive this. Well, hell yeah. Especially since they know that Roland Voigt was an occultist, has this huge lavish mansion, and all of a sudden a secret passageway opens up. Why the fuck? No, I'm I, I can handle a lot of shit. I ain't gonna go on a fucking secret passage in a house like that. I no. found treasure. <laughs> it's in my back and it hurts <laughs> really bad. <laughs> yeah. I did like the visual of that though. Yeah. And I like the way that the way they kill Nora. It, it was visually pleasing to the eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, like how they're in the back of the van and it starts to extend. Mm -hmm. And then cool. she gets hooked pretty much. And then when they do like rip her skin off, she just vanishes in the van and blood's everywhere. So, yeah. I, I That I still wanted to know the logistics of how that works. <laughs> you're in the van, you're in the van, then you're not in the van, but your blood's still in the van. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering on how that works exactly. <laughs> what is the transition between their dimension and ours? 
and, and you know yeah how how would you not look back and not like see her like was she gone was she floating like mm-hmm. how did all that happen in their reality and that reality I, don't, yeah. I just don't i just don't understand because like when riley sees them in the reflection they're not in the van they're no. in the demon dimension yeah the demon dimension corridor and shit i like think that. it's a maze yeah yeah Oh, I'd definitely say it was a labyrinth. A labyrinth, yeah. Maze or labyrinth. I guess I guess it would be the same thing, wouldn't it? It's well, it is, because that's what the puzzle was originally called. Yeah, the la- okay. The Lament Labyrinth. Mm. The puzzle, the box? The box. Before it was called the Leviathan? Yeah, in the original it was called the Labyrinth oh. Lament. Okay. What did you guys think about when um, she, what was the name of the helper chick again? The little Mexican lady? Nora? Or are you talking about or the um, voice helper? Yeah, Meneker. Meneker. What did you guys think about that when she was going into the demon dimension and she walks through that door and you see that spinning, fucking like just blade in the background? Oh, oh the yeah. pillar. Yeah, yeah, pillar. that that like windmill that has like human skin on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was actually that that was a good, I guess, a good detail to that movie. Mm. Yeah, because I always know that like you know that labyrinth is gonna have probably other things just like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, it was a nice callback to the original run because the first three movies used a lot of fucking revolving pillars mm. and that normally had like human faces stuck to it and shit like that. So it was a nice callback to the original movies. But they made it their own, which I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. Even the cutscene from her going just like turning into that, I loved that transition mm-hmm. where she just goes and it's all turns just boom and you're like, Oh, that is so creepy. I, I love that. Right yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Imagine seeing that shit though, right? You're just like in this this dimension we see right now, you walk through a doorway and then, and then you just see and there's that shit and it just you, you just know you're in this like demon hell land of you're fucked i would be crapping my pants <laughs> like just just knowing knowing her and she knew what was gonna happen there's no escape mm. like you could tell she was running like she was like oh i have to get out of here but you know it, it's gonna end just like it ended for everyone else <laughs> and i do like before they uh i think it was with nora when pinhead asks uh, what do you pray for when she's doing the hell mary our father and all that crap i just like the, the stoic look on Pinhead's face. Total lack of emotion. Yeah. Total lack of emotion. And it's only made that much more creepy with the way they made their eyes in this one. I think the eyes really make the Cenobites in this version of Hellraiser. I think at the very ending, Voight, I think he turned into, ch- was it Chatter, ch- Chatterbox, something like that? Chatterer. Yeah. I- I don't think they're going to make him chatterer, but it's going to be very reminiscent of it. I, I would assume it'd be almost like it because they did the pins in his throat mm-hmm. and then the side of his cheeks they ripped out so that way you could see his teeth and there's yeah. no lips. So I'm assuming he might be the next one. Damn, that's cool. I didn't even think of that at yeah. all. I just, I didn't And I hope that actually plays in a sequel that they bring the Voight character back as a Cenobite because mm-hmm. otherwise that's a pointless throwaway scene the tag at the end of this film yeah mm-hmm. they really need to follow through and implement that one yeah because that's how the originals one go to right they transition so like in hellraiser 2 is the first time you actually see the creation of a cinnabite okay. so do you think this will transition into like an like more do you think we're we gonna see I, more of these i hope so yeah oh really yeah me do. too because uh, the the uh, cinnabites they should all be human i'm pretty sure Used mm-hmm. to be, yeah. 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 And did they yeah. all choose the that same configuration to become that? Yeah, you that's have the to only choose way. The power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I I wonder how how old they are. Like, what year did they start becoming the the yeah. Cenobites? Who made much? the box and shit? Yeah, yeah. that's a very or, interesting question. So actually, that's an even better question: is is the box the only, the box is the key to get to the Cenobites? But the Cenobites are probably older than the box. Is oh, it, they'd have to be. Yeah, absolutely. And did they create it as as a fucking transition to get to over here? So I think Leviathan created it. Leviathan, the one that oversees the Cenobite dimension. So like their god, their yeah, they're, god, they're, like yeah. the source thing that turns mm. them and converts them. And I actually hope they go more into Leviathan in a sequel. And I think we talked about it last time. I want them to do what they did in Hellraiser Two. What's that? I want them to go to the Cenobite dimension because they spend a lot of time in that original second film mm-hmm. in their dimension. And you get to see some really cool fucking visuals. Okay. I could be down for that. Yeah, I, I definitely hope they go in that direction because that'd be nice to see more of their world, I guess, mm. with more CGI, what we can do now compared to like the, you know, the 80s and 90s oh, yeah, when those yeah, were made. Yeah. And like I said, just I was very skeptical with this movie when I first heard about it little more skeptical when I saw the trailer. So I went into this movie with a very low bar. And I'm pleasantly surprised it exceeded all my expectations well and beyond. I think David Bruckner and David uh, Goyer did a great job recreating a classic character. Yeah, the uh, was it uh, the was it Prey on Hulu, which would be uh, like the new Predator movie. Mm-hmm. I went into that with like low expectations. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pretty good for what they did with it. Yeah, and that's that's another one I'm going to say was just slightly too long. And it, there was some moments that dragged ass in yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. That really dragged ass in that movie. You just want to get to the good parts. <laughs> I, 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 I think the only scene that bothered me was when she tied the rope to the axe oh, and God. was throwing it around from one tree to the next. Like, yeah. I don't think that would actually happen in real life. You like, just attached a string to an axe and you're going to pull it back at yourself. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line, you're fucking dead. <laughs> that, that, that was the only part of the movie that really just like, that, that, that just kind of sucks. Like, why would you do that? She's like, no, I played a lot of God of War. It yeah, looks yeah, cool on right? film. <laughs> it looks good on paper. That's it. It's yeah. not Execution. practical yeah. at all. <laughs> but that was a good movie, though. Yeah, I liked um, it. I like with the success that this movie has and the praise this movie has been getting. I can't imagine that they're not going to make a sequel. I just hope they don't rush it. Yeah, that they don't push it out too fast. Do you think that they already start make creating a second one like after the first is, or do you think that they legit have to wait until they get approval? Um, to even start like fathoming it like you know what i mean i think they wait until afterwards just so that way they can get the reviews on it and if it's good enough and it gets like what they want then Mm. they'll start the next one well yeah because no one's gonna go back to a franchise because what we discussed in eight this is the 11th hellraiser movie that's been made since 87 you're not gonna make a movie that has 11 movies and say, this is going to be the last one. You know they're hoping to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. They just need to get the support of the fan base that there's Hellraiser fans still want to see Hellraiser movies. Okay. And with the numbers that this movie... Now, I don't know how they... It made more sense back in the days of movie theaters because you can look at the box office numbers. 
you can see how the movie's doing. With streaming and everything, that's a whole different algorithm of how to figure out exactly total number of views it's yeah. getting, what the how much money this movie is making per watch. Because I don't know, that's beyond my service, right? that's beyond my accounting knowledge. <laughs> There's somebody that knows how to figure that shit out. But I know it greatly hurts a movie not going to theater because like I said, when you do a streaming platform, the money is actually only making a fraction of what it would in a theater, in a theater or DVD purchase, Blu-ray purchase and shit like that. It's like pennies on the dollar Mm. difference, but that's unfortunately the direction cinema is going. Does so is does this Hellraiser? Where does this sit in the timeline? Is this similar to what we just did with Halloween, where like this is an official one, or is this the beginning of a new kind of like this is the beginning of a brand new Hellraiser timeline? Okay, now does this mean that all the others are invalid, or this is a couple like it's it's its own thing, so it doesn't all the all the ones it's literally going to be its own thing. Okay, I really hope they avoid the whole space thing. Oh, God, like they did in fucking part four. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that yet. I, I just, that just, I don't know, it just didn't make sense to me. Why, and why what space? Hell, yeah, and what the hell was back in the fucking 90s with horror movies that reached number four? Hellraiser 4, Bloodline, that go to space. Jason. J- Jason Eck, oh, my God. At least that movie was decent to watch. It was just fucking retarded. Does he have a helmet on, or can he breathe in space? Or does that, is that a, oh, you've not never, a scene? Wait to the end of that movie where Jason becomes uber fucking Jason. <laughs> yeah, like, didn't they turn into like like a robot type of thing or something like that? I I've not watched that movie in Bio years. Jason. <laughs> oh my god, Jason got an upgrade. The worst per, fucking die. Per, right, but but yeah. they still keep making them even after that. Like if if they're just worse and shittier, it's because the name is that powerful that even though oh the last two have been complete shit, let's pray to God that this next one isn't going to be shit. So we're still going to. All yeah. the fans are still well, so Friday loyal. Well, Friday the 13th is another one of those because you had 8, 9, 10. Freddy versus Jason would be 11. Okay. And then the remake. So that one also has 12 movies. So they all end around 11 or 12, huh? Or well, I don't think they're over. Not end, but... I know they're rebooting final, uh, Friday the 13th again. They're doing another remake to try to fix what they fucked up on the last one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And like I said, I'm sure there's going to be another fucking Halloween movie out there. I'm sure the Leprechaun will oh, pop back up at some I, point. I really time. hope they do. I love <laughs> Leprechaun. Like, was it Leprechaun uh, in the hood? In the hood. That was <laughs> Leprechaun great. back to the really? hood. Really? It was great. Oh, yeah. Leprechaun in the hood starred Ice-T. Nice. <laughs> it was an interesting movie. Yeah, because the, there's one dude smoking like a bong or something like that, hands it over to him. And the leprechaun just starts hitting it. And yeah. after he's done, just kills him. So good. <laughs> oh, those movies are so fucking goofy. Uh, but back to Hellraiser. Uh, is there anything that you would have changed with this? I would say probably the whatever Trevor did, pretty much. Because <laughs> that, that just, you kind of get, you could see it in the beginning when he just wouldn't touch the box at all. Mm. So that kind of just gave way it away too to obvious. me. Yeah. yeah. You definitely need to hide that twist at least camouflage it a whole hell of a lot better yeah and i i i i wish the next one that they do 
add more gore to it. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to see more of that side. Yeah. Oh, I full-heartedly agree because, like I said, the original movies were on the gory side. In this movie, definitely tamed it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it improved on the visual style of Hellraiser. Yeah. I think it held true to the style mm-hmm. of the original, but it was a little cleaner, crisper, and the lighting in this movie was fucking phenomenal. The justifies not having like the white palette lights come down and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, like when the Cenobites are locked outside the mansion, the way the lights are draped on them, it's kind of like a swimming pool rippling mm-hmm. over them. It was just a beautiful fucking image to look at these her, her, horrific looking fucking creatures, but they look beautiful in the light. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard feat to <laughs> accomplish, I think. I did love how when they did look outside when they were trapped, they were all just kind of just chilling there like a little unit. And then that one was just like the little like the little special one that just kind of mobbed around, just kind of you could tell by himself, just around, just just circling around, just doing his little little demon thing. Right. I just I just like just like the dynamic of of the demons. And I like how they all participated in the murder run. Like, yeah. You know, it was like a group effort. And they would just like show up menacingly just in random places when they were starting to like appear in their dimension and stuff. I th- I think the worst Cenobite Cenobite to be so yeah Cenobite yeah. I, I I would say the worst one to be would be the one that's like wheezing really bad like the face oh, is covered the, the like gasp just the whole time just imagine you're you're like you're alive but not really alive and the whole time you just have you're just struggling breathing like I've I've got asthma and it just that just sounds terrible to live <laughs> yeah. that life it's hurting <laughs> you listening to it yeah just just the wheezing is like oh. and not only is he wheezing the entire fucking time then he gets stuck in the fucking door. Gets his face like the skin ripped back off, so at least now he can breathe a little bit. Yeah, true. Yeah, that looked badass. Just, oh, the the way it just kind of slowly peeled mm-hmm. off, revealing like the bottom jaw and everything, and the tongue kind of looked like something out of fucking Resident Evil. That's what one I was of the thinking. liquors. Mm-hmm. Do you? So do they still feel pain in the form that they are in now? I don't. Think I don't so. think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't imagine that they would. But. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Chatter didn't really flinch when he got stabbed. He no, no. He really was like, fl- come yeah. on. Get it over with. He didn't get, Yeah, he didn't flinch at all even when he went out there and just I, took it like a king. Chink, 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 chink. Boom. Yes. I think he's been waiting for that moment. He's like, yes, I am free now. So that brings up another good point, too. Do they consciously remember what their human life was before they become a Cenobite? Or does that erase? I'm not too sure because at the very ending when Voight changed... He seemed like he was panicking a little bit until his eyes turned black, and then he kind of just calmed down. Well, he he changed like sentience, like he changed. I don't. He changed. I don't think they're actually the person that they were before when no. they fully change. Because where did um the priestess get all her knowledge and shit from? Right, I mean they sit there and they've got like demon catechism school where they all learn about all the ways of the <laughs> Google, the, Google. Yeah, the ancient, yeah. <laughs> little demon Google. <laughs> Hell, Oogle. Well, I don't know how they're going to dive into that in this one. I know in the original runs, they do not remember their human life. Okay. They know, they know that they were once human. And like in part three, Pinhead gets reminded of his human life. Oh. And 
in the end in a stupid fucking twist. That's what ends up saving the day is him remembering his his uh, human being a human. Wasn't he a soldier in yeah. like World War One or yeah. something like that? Oh, I was thinking Ice Cream Man or Janet or something. <laughs> something needed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they do play into that a lot more in the original run. And it's something that they might address in future installments in this. I guess we'll have to wait to see on that one. <laughs> he works on Wall Street and shit for the current one. <laughs> you need to be tortured. Now, which pinhead do you think is more menacing? The original or this one? I want to say this one. Yeah. I actually have to agree with that. Yeah, I, I love Doug Bradley to fucking death, but he he played it more fun. He always had fun with the kills, had one liners and shit like that. It's kind of sarcastic with the, with the torturing. Yeah. And yeah. this movie is very straightforward. She is not joking, has no jokes at all in this one. Yeah. They, and I like that route. They, they gave her very few lines in this, but I, I feel like it's kind of what made that character mm. is that she didn't say very much, but when she did, like it kind of had you like uh, creeped out a little bit. Yeah. 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 I'll agree with that. And I think the biggest thing that worked for me on this movie, as opposed to the original and like many of pretty much all the original eight, the Cenobites were, were cameos in the movie. One or two scenes in this one, the Cenobites are a part of the entire story from start to finish. Mm -hmm. You might not see Pinhead for about 40 minutes into the movie, but the Cenobites are all there from the very fucking beginning. As a put, like I said, when you watch that first movie, you see a little bit of Pinhead when he's reassembling Uncle Frank's face. Yeah. And then you don't see anything again until the last act, the right. very final scene. That's it. This is what I want to see from a Hellraiser movie. If I go to Hellraiser, I'm there for Pinhead. I'm there for the Cenobites. Okay. I would like for them if they do make us like like a second movie, is that they would add more like Cenobites to it. So oh, like, yeah, when, yeah. when they go to their world, there's yeah. just a lot more. Mm -hmm. So that'd be kind of cool to kind of just branch out and just do different ones. Yeah. And I'm actually really curious to see what design and look they come yeah. up with. Because I was really impressed with some of the disturbing shit that they came out. I thought one dude that's got like half, like, it's just like the skin and it's just kind of floating there. Yeah, just kind of levitating. <laughs> yeah. Or the, I thought the weeping. The weeper was interesting. I like that one. I thought that was pretty creepy. Yeah. Like, especially when the hands start to split open. Oh. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was actually painful because I'm like, I, I, I've seen people not do that, but. Seeing what happens when you get sliced and diced. And like a paper cut from hell? <laughs> uh, no, literally where somebody like... The a, worst paper cut ever. Yeah. A knife went through somebody's hand and their instinct was to pull. pull. And mm. literally, it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> <laughs> so what you were just talking about right now, do you think that... It's better to add more mystery and have the and because I know what you just said right now is you said we came to see Pinhead. We want to see fucking Pinhead. Mm -hmm. But in all the other previous films, you were saying that it's they're kind of few and far, far more in between that you get to see the Cenobites, whereas this one, they're like the absolute main characters. So do you think that makes it better or worse or like I, I actually think it's better because 
it, it gives the Cenobites something to do. And you can build a story around, like, especially with this one, the fact that you can pass the sacrifices on. Mm-hmm. That plays a big, and the fact that you can sacrifice a Cenobite. I thought that was a very unique choice that they're even willing to mark their own kind and like, fuck it, we're going to tear you apart too. Well, maybe it's their only release, right? So maybe I'd do like Aladdin and I'd go like genie status. Like I'd like get them every time I'd see them, I'd be like, hey, look, I'll I'll stab you with this fucking thing. If it's going to release you from like your torment of what you're doing right now, like right. it's going to let you be something different than what you were before. And then they'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, hey, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you, take care of me. I'm just going to stab the fuck out of everybody. I'm going to save you all. And then now I get like infinite, like murder doom wishes on people that I don't dig on, you know, as a, like a thank you, like the genie would do or something. You know? Right. I, I just think like that was my biggest complaint with the original movies is the Cenobites weren't in them enough. Mm. Like I think Hellraiser three, hell on earth. That was the most Cenobites we had in the first five movies. Mm. Like pinheads in that one quite a bit, but it took three movies to get there. And like I said, I think the, did you ever see the original second one? Hellraiser two? No, I've, I've, I've seen like snippets of them, but I'm not sure which movies that they were coming from. So I think in this movie, the Voight character is a good cross between the Frank character from the original Mm -hmm. And the doctor character from the sequel, mm. like they play very similar characters, and especially since the doctor in the the sequel is the first Cenobite you see be created. Oh, so you think that was on purpose? I think it was like intentional. Yeah, yeah. I think they knew what they were doing. Good little callback. Mm-hmm. It's a decent enough nod. Without being over the top and in your face about it. It doesn't. It's fan service in a good way. Does Pinhead use um, his pins in any other movies the way that he did in this one? In Hellraiser 3, he takes the pins out and mocks being crucified in a church. (laughs) Puts (laughs) them through his hands. He's got a sense Mm -hmm. of humor. I like it. And except in that one, he pulls them out. They're all got worms and shit wrapped around. And it's kind of disgusting visual, but kind of cool from the <laughs> early 90s. We'll have to go back and watch those. What did you think of the score in this one? I thought it was very subtle. I liked most of it, but some of it felt like, like it didn't fit. Um, but I didn't mind it. It wasn't bumping like Halloween, for example. Mm-hmm. Like Those were all bangers. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, you say it's subtle. That's a great way to put it. It's a very subtle mm-hmm. soundtrack. Yeah. Not in your face. And I'm, I'm happy they didn't go, like a lot of movies in the horror genre nowadays, want to go to the fucking techno sound and like industrial sounding scores and soundtracks. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. This is not the '90s. We don't want to fucking see that. Don't want to hear that. If that's your if that's your thing, more power to you. It has no place in a fucking horror movie. Yeah, it makes you want to eat a blue dolphin or something while you're watching it. If you want to put that in fucking eight millimeter, all day every day, it fits for that gritty kind of fucking noir. I think yeah, I guess I would say eight millimeter was kind of a noir film. And it like that 
industrial soundtrack fit for that movie. Did you ever see it, Mel Nader? Um, I want to say once back in the day. I don't. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> How about you? Guess, no, no. That's that's about snuff, right? Yeah, Mike uh, Nicholas Cage Nicholas is Cage. hired to investigate a snuff film that he found and whether or not it's real and this girl is dead or not. I remember bits and pieces of it, but what year you know. did did that come out? I want to say ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere around there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's a good one. It was. For Nicolas Cage, it's good. <laughs> and if you've watched many Nicolas Cage movies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That dude can be a little much and a little hard to take. <laughs> I agree with that. Like his accent in Con Air. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I, I I actually like Con Air. Oh, I love the movie. Yeah. His accent in that movie is fucking god awful. I, I, I just know later down the road, he just started taking like, like not as good roles. Mm. It's just, you know, when you see Nicolas Cage, you just kind of know it's not going to be that good of a movie. Okay, so Keanu Reeves or Nick Cage? I like. Oh, Nick Cage is way worse. Yeah. Worse? Yeah. Okay. Watch fucking The Wicker Man. I watched the some... scene with the bees. <laughs> it may, It's become a meme now. His acting was so over the top and ridiculous. The Wicker Man and there's a bee scene, huh? Yes. Okay. Where they put his head in a thing with bees. Oh, it's fucking bad. And then he makes that fucking Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff movie, Willy's Wonderland. And the one thing you want from a Nick Cage movie is his over-the-top acting Mm -hmm. and his over-the-top way of delivering dialogue. So they put him in a movie where he has not a single line of dialogue. Huh. (laughs) So then... Is that... There is literally no dialogue in the entire fucking movie. But he's still acting terrified of the events that are happening. I don't. I'm not going to say he's acting terrifying. I'll say he's acting terribly. Okay, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> terribly terrified. <laughs> well, maybe down the road we'll uh, slip that one into the mix to cover because eh, maybe we'll wait till the actual Five Nights at Freddy's comes out. We can do it kind of because of double feature back to back. Okay. I think that'll work. But that movie has to come out first. So, long end of it, would you guys recommend this movie? And rating it, what would you give it 1 out of 10? I would recommend it. I would give it, for a reboot, I, I'd i give it a 8.5. That's solid. That's solid. Yeah, I would absolutely uh, recommend this to people. <clears throat> and I, I really like the way that she put it. When you said that this is the type of movie that you could jump into and not knowing anything about the original Hellraiser mm-hmm. lore. Yeah. And it makes sense and actually gets you stoked to like continue watching them. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe in hopes that it makes you want to go see the old ones mm-hmm. um, just to kind of see where it all came from and shit or whatever. Uh, but totally recommend it to anybody um, and everybody. Uh, rankings wise, I, I'm. My ranking system, I think, is still kind of broken, but I do like uh, <laughs> I do, this. This movie was really good. I, um, it was a solid film. I, yeah, seven. I, you know, I'm gonna just that's fair. learn how that's to do fair. this. Yeah, okay. That's that literally. There's no right or wrong answer in what you're gonna rank yeah, the movie but I, here. I started thinking about the logic and of you know the other ones I've done previously, and it's just like I, it, maybe there's no rhyme or reason. Maybe. Maybe my ranking system is just all bullshit. 
<laughs> and you'll never really know if I liked it or not. <laughs> I mean, the the ranking system is just on what you think it is. So Literally. for me, I I I, I thought eight point five was you know, pr- pretty good. So mm-hmm. a seven, I mean, it's still pretty good. It's that's a solid C rating. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely recommend the movie. I have recommended the movie to many people to watch. Gotten a lot of people to start the free trial of Hulu just so they can. Yeah, that's worth it. Catch a yeah. Check it out. <laughs> I'm gonna kind of split the difference. I'm gonna do seven seven point five on this one, just because. Was it a perfect film? No. Wasn't an awful film, not by any means, but it's just. Right there in the middle, and I think seven point five is a fair one on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think what what did we talk about doing on the next review? We were doing tales from the crypt demon night, right? Oh, so uh, I think that's next on the docket. I I think so. Yeah. I fucking am excited. I haven't seen that movie since it like came out, um, and I really want to see it again. I think that'll be a fun conversation about <laughs> reviewing that because I remember loving the shit out of that movie. Yeah. Because it's just so bonkers uh, anything else you guys want to talk mention no alright let's go around the horn say goodbyes thanks for listening y'all catch you next time uh, thank you guys for listening thank you for listening tune in next week and as always till next time kitties Thank you for listening to this Puzzle the Pit We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual host and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. See you next week.